We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is the Sixth Man Show on Orlando Magic Podcast with your hosts, Luke Sylvia and Jonathan Osborne, covering all things Magic Basketball. Five fans, four fans. Go Magic. What's going on, Orlando Magic fans? You guys are back with the Sixth Man Show. Today is May 4th. May the 4th be with you. 2023. Jonathan Osborne here, as always, joined by my co-host, Luke Sylvia. Luke, sock, sock, shoe, shoe, or sock, shoe, sock, shoe? Mm, the Magic posed this on social media today, and that was the inspiration, I'm sure. Uh, but I'm, I'm not a psycho, so I'm sock, sock, shoe, shoe. It's sock, sock, shoe, shoe. There's no other way to do it. I was, Okay, I thought you were about to disagree. No, like the way that... The like these the magic put out these videos sometime like I I was thinking as I'm watching like there has to be one person that is like no it's sock shoe sock shoe and that I was relieved that that moment never really came we I kind of hinted at this in our like pre production meeting me you and Kevin Kevin kind of gave a weird look when I was like it's you know I know what it is like unless you're a psycho and Kevin like seemed like he didn't want to give his answer I'm terrified that Kevin might be sock shoe sock shoe kevin is letting me know he is sock sock shoe shoe thank the good lord we can all sleep tonight (laughs) knowing that it just makes no sense to do sock shoe sock shoe it's like get your socks on get your shoes on it's just weird yeah i don't like that yeah no it's definitely there's those people exist even though i'm not convinced that they exist I, I want to say I've seen it. I have seen it in real time on Twitter. I, I feel like, you know, because if, if if those people exist, we know they're on Twitter because everybody on Twitter is weirdos. So they, they exist. That is correct. Want to give a quick shout out to our friends over at FOCO. If you're not familiar with FOCO, they put out awesome collectibles, bobbleheads, that kind of stuff uh, for the NBA and more specifically the Orlando Magic. They've already come out with two Paolo bobbleheads this year to commemorate Paolo's winning rookie of the year. They are releasing another Paolo Bancaro rookie of the year edition bobblehead. Now, because the announcement was so recent, they don't even, we don't even know what the bobblehead is going to look like just yet, but I am going to be preordering one because I know it's going to be fire. Foco has never, ever let me down. 
Um, but if you're interested in getting your Paolo Bancaro Rookie of the Year edition bobblehead, you can go to foco.com and uh, just search for the Orlando Magic and Paolo or just type in Paolo's name and the pre-order will come up for that. So uh, I believe this is another limited run. So make sure that you go and get yours now. Cannot wait to see what that is going to look like, Luke. And then coming up on May 16th, we've been talking about this for weeks and weeks and weeks, the night of the NBA draft lottery. We are partnering again with the Orlando Magic and the Michelob Ultra. We are taking over Wall Street Plaza, downtown Orlando, for this year's draft lottery watch party starting at 7 o'clock. Going to be Michelob Ultra specials. We're giving away a Paolo Bancaro autographed basketball and we're all going to be there watching the draft lottery together, Luke. People are starting to get nervous. I don't know if you've mentioned, like, seen this at all, seen this mentioned, but in like our Discord, people on on Twitter are starting to talk about the fact that I wasn't nervous before, but now that we're getting closer to the lottery, people are getting nervous, myself included. It's hard not to. It's hard not to. But but as I said, I'm I'm cool with the chalk. You give me six and eleven, I'm all right. My my, I'm sure my nerves will not kick in until probably in, until they the, you know the TVs get going. We got the broadcast up there. That's that's when the jitters will will start going there because I'm sure Wall Street's going to be buzzing. There's going to be so many of you guys out there, and it's going to be hard not to uh, have a little bit of the pregame jitters. Did you know that statistically speaking? The Magic are actually most likely going to receive the seventh pick. The Magic have a 29.7% chance of ending up with the number seven pick. I I did. I think I saw that. Maybe someone put that on Twitter recently. I don't remember. But uh, yeah, I mean, whatever, man. We'll see. They, they, those odds, they're, they're small enough that they don't they don't scare me. We'll see. I, yeah. Yeah, you have almost a 70% chance that you don't end up with seven, you know, and we can kind of talk about the rest. Like we'll talk about Tankathon in a bit, but you have a 9% chance at one, 9.2% chance at two, 9.4 at three, 9.6 at four. The Magic cannot get the fifth pick. They have an 8.6% chance of ending up with the sixth pick, 29.7% chance to end up with the seventh pick, and a 20.6% chance to end up with eight. And then it gets kind of dark. You have a 3.7% chance of getting nine. You have a 0.2% chance of ending up with the 10th pick. And in that scenario, I believe Chicago also jumps into the top four. So a 0.2% chance that you end up with the 10th pick and you don't even get to kick, to pick the uh, to keep the Chicago pick. Yeah, that would make me sick. Yeah, that would make me sick. Absolutely. Well, Paolo did a, a podcast with Woj that released today, I believe, as we're recording this Wednesday night. Mm-hmm. I have not had the opportunity to listen to it yet. Work was just absolutely ridiculous today. But Luke, I know that you did. So what kind of stuck out to you from that interview with Woj? So uh, Paolo just kind of gave a peek behind the curtain that I had not, you know, that I wasn't, I don't think that I was aware did of. Did you hear uh, that he had a crazy draft night? Bro, I that is the one thing. There, there's, there's one thing leading up to it that I was like, okay, this is somewhat redeeming that Woj brought it up, and I'll get into that in a second. But at the same time, it's like, dude, we've we've heard this guy on like five different podcasts up to this point, and everybody asks about draft night, and it's like, 
just go listen to the other episodes. Like you don't have to just get the same story from him. He tells it. He, I'm sure it's muscle memory at this point. He tells the same story. So whatever. But um, no, one thing that he did talk about though, that was cool to hear and, and to hear him talk about in general, it really just speaks once again to Mosley and, and to his credit of, of what he has built in Orlando already talked about the Washington game and the Washington game I'm talking about was when late in the year, late, late in the year, they don't have Beal, they don't have KP, you know, so they, they, they're not without the big, they're without the big guns. Um, and Paolo talks about, he goes to the huddle late in the game and in the fourth quarter, I believe. And he basically just goes and asks Mosley like, Hey, give me the ball. Like, let me, let's let, let, let's run this thing through me. Like, let's make sure I'm getting touches, all that kind of stuff. Um, and then Paolo goes on in this game. He has a great game, 30 points, 12 rebounds, six assists, eight of 17 from the floor, got to the free throw line, shot 13 of 14 from the free throw line. This is a great game by Paolo Bancaro and Orlando scores outscores Washington 31 to 13. Uh, up to that point, the game was really not that great for the magic considering the wizards were without a bunch of guys magic end up winning the game by seven 116 to 109 but the big thing that i took from that is that you know palo number one he's he's asking for touches he's saying give me the ball i know that i'm able to create something make something happen but he talked about he and mosley established you know early on in the season maybe even before the season i can't remember the verbiage exactly that they had wanted to openly communicate with each other and after the game, Palace said after the game, Mosley made sure to tell him that he was proud of him for speaking up. So just like stuff like that, just it makes me all warm and fuzzy inside knowing that our coach and star player have that connection and that they have the open line of communication just makes it seem like you, you see and we, we talk about it with Jake, but, you know, he briefly mentions there's always a star that blows up, you know, like on the team, a locker room situation or whatever it might be. When your star player and your coach, head coach, are aligned like that, it makes it so much easier to sleep at night knowing we are very far away. If that ever happened, we are very far away from that even being close to happening because of kind of that relationship they've established. So I thought that was a really cool story that that Paolo had shared, you know, on that podcast with Woj. What I remember from that game to me that was like, like kind of at the height of all the Jalen Williams hype, and to me that mm-hmm. was Paolo like, oh yeah. Like goes out again. What was it like? Thirty, twelve, and six. Led the team in scoring, rebounds, and assists that night. And that was him. Like, no, like I'm, I'm that dude. Like this dude is good, but I am him. Like I am the best player out of this class. I've been doing this all year long. Let me do it one more time for you because it seems like you forgot. That to me, that's what really stood out in that game. But to hear the fact that he was like, no, like give me the ball. That is what we want. That is what you need. If you have a guy that is going to be the alpha and the leader of your team, it has to be a guy that knows, like, all right, no, like now I need the ball. That's something that we maybe want a little bit more out of Franz, something that, you know, could rub off, you know, on on Franz. I wouldn't hate that at all. But young head coach giving his young number one overall pick kind of that green light and giving him that trust is massive. Yeah, and I want to say that Paolo did highlight that it was the verbiage was that he they connected on that about open line of communication, let me know, blah, 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 like before the season even started. So just the fact that that conversation took place knew, you know, kind of goes to show that Mosley knows and knew Paolo was going to be special this year and that he was going to be a huge focal point. We all knew that after, you know, summer league preseason 
but um, awesome stuff. But then the other thing I wanted to just mention when they, and this is what I'm talking about, the redeeming part of asking him about the draft was that it was Woj. So like if anybody is going to ask about the draft, it should be him um, repeated, you know, the repeat question just because he's the one that reported on it. Right. It was funny to hear Paolo tell the story where now he's able to say, yeah, I saw you tweet 30 minutes prior, right? Like I saw, or my dad saw yours. He was locked into Twitter, all that. But Woj goes on to talk about obviously the masterclass the front office put on. Well, the thing that struck me, and maybe I'm reading too deep into it, but I, I, and who knows kind of the interpretation of this, but Woj said Orlando knew for a while when talking about drafting Paolo Bancaro. Paolo didn't know. Woj didn't know. Nobody knew. And Woj says that on the podcast, that was the only, really, that was the only part during the draft talk where I, I paused it and I was like, I got to write this down, that Orlando knew for a while. So it sounds like in retrospect, like Woj found out that they had been targeting Paolo for way longer than anybody knew. Well, Woj couldn't, couldn't take the fact that he just got it completely wrong. <laughs> So like they they sign off that night. He's ripping his earpiece out and he's going home and just like I need to find out like exactly what happened. The fact that we yeah. were able to fool Woj of all people, yeah. Like anybody tells me like anything that comes out, we've had this conversation a kajillion times. Anybody that tells you they know what's going on with the magic, just ignore it. It's it's a good thing for us ultimately, but like in the moment, it really sucks because you know that you can't <laughs> believe anything that you're hearing. You literally just have to wait until it actually happens. Yep. Like, what, what happens this. in a few years from now? You know, the Magic are, are rumored to, to try to trade for Luka Doncic. We can't even get excited because we don't know if that's true. Because mm-hmm. the way that this front office operates, which is a good thing and a bad thing. Speaking about potential stars, you know, joining the Magic. Mm. You saw the video of Anthony Edwards in the Timberwolves yeah. locker room, like sitting, talking about Paolo. To me, that is super cool because you never get like that kind of peek behind the curtain of like locker room conversations and seeing no. them talk about Paolo, like 19 years old, like, nah, like that kid is him. Like he is going to be a problem. That's really well, exciting. Well, that just, other players around well, the league really, truly recognize mm-hmm. that and are having those conversations behind closed doors. What was that tweet that you had? You, you you tweeted out something that that people loved. It was you tweeted the video. I said, and then you said something about. I don't like, know how we're gonna fit Paolo, Franz, <laughs> Ant, and Luca on the same team, but somehow we'll make do. <laughs> we will make do. We it was between a Mosley, I didn't Rock expect the, it to go off like that. But I mean, you know, you know, people ate it up, man. Anytime you talk about stars coming to Orlando, everybody just gets rabid. Because they they desperately want it. We're they're tired of people stars, you know, in the past leaving Orlando. They they want desperately someone to just come to Orlando and free agency. That would be a lot of fun, whether it is free agency or trade. Anthony Edwards, if you're listening, we'd love to have you, <laughs> baby boy. We would love to have you. So I was really like, like five percent of me was hoping that like Mavericks fans and Minnesota fans would like find <laughs> that. Like, are you kidding me? Blah blah blah. Like of like. Think about how ridiculous that is. Like we would be able to get Luca and Anthony Edwards while keeping Paolo and Franz. Completely <laughs> impossible. But the the thought of people yep. getting mad about that just like made me laugh a little bit. But you know, none of that came to, to fruition here. 
All right, let's go ahead and give a quick shout out to the folks that help financially support the show and allow us to do all the things that we do, like watch parties, like Paolo Bancaro autographed basketball giveaways and so on and so forth, our lovely patrons. So first of all, patrons, if you don't know how much we appreciate you guys, like from the bottom of our hearts, we could not do what we do on a weekly basis without you guys. And like our dream of turning this in from like a hobby to maybe someday not a hobby is like directly related to the support that you all give us every single month. So we really, really appreciate it. But if you haven't heard already, we do have a Patreon channel. We're starting at as little as $2 a month. You can help financially support the show. And if you go up in tiers, you get additional benefits like access to our Discord channel. We have a monthly Zoom with our Elite and Hall of Fame tier patrons where we just kind of hang out and talk Orlando Magic basketball. So uh, whether or not you want those benefits or, or really just want to help financially support the show, you can find us at patreon.com slash the six man show. And speaking about our Hall of Fame and Elite tier members, we shout them out on every single episode. So as always, I will start with the Court Cousins, Drew Gooden, Armin, Carson Tulo, Normal, Magic Player History, Julio, Gabe Gaines, Wiffle, Michael Martin, Michael Salapong, The Distract, Donkey Punch Dave, It's Not OKK okay to Say Okiki, Pierre A, Nostalgia and M&Ms, Dylan Holden, Mr. Mikey, Eduardo Sanchez, Drum, Danimal, Dodo 15, Bobby Skinner, Goatee 93, Teddy Sylvia, Eric Lopez, Fuchsia, Juan Gerardo, Bill Fulton, Edmund Lagone, Jose Esquilin, Destin for Greatness, Caleb Pete, Cannibalism, Time Mr. TV, Joe Rothfuss, ESPN Really Sucks, Gear 95, Shred, Junior Bruce, Half Reacon, Shahan 177, Bulby the Dawn, Himlo Ban, Himro, R Improv 221, Ray Pastrana, Magic, Magic Kid 714, Let's Bank Don't Tank, Soft Taco, Jesse, Johnny B, Victor Cologne, Vanimal 72, Irish Magic Mike, Austin Lampy, Random Hustle, Bull Bull, his first name is his last name, Only Franz, and Maria. A big shout out to all of our patrons. Again, find us at patreon.com slash the six man show we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast ditch the busy work use indeed for scheduling screening and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, y'all, we are going to get into our conversation with the man, the myth, the legend, Jake Chapman. 
All right, Magic fans, we are now joined by Jake Chapman, the play-by-play caller for the Orlando Magic Radio Network in 96.9 The Game. You can hear Jake calling all regular season games for the Magic and maybe next year some playoff games. Jake, I don't know. What's going on, man? How are you? I'm good. That sounds like a, it sounds like a worthwhile goal. Obviously, Paulo, uh, I think, had that top of mind as he uh, accepted the Rookie of the Year award, but um, I'm good. I'm good. As we were talking off air, I'm, I'm preparing for a uh, little baby girl. She's coming any day now. So yeah. it's been kind of, kind of wild around here, but exciting time. And certainly we got a few weeks to, I didn't have much time to rest or whatever, but, um, you know, you, you step away from the season a little bit and you get a little bit of a recharge. It's been a different sort of off season for me so far, but, uh, it's good to catch up with you guys. Talk some hoops. We had Jeff Turner on not too long ago, Jake, and he said to us, I don't remember if he said this while we're recording or off, but he said something about, I'm glad that you guys reached out to to come on the show when you did, because I'm getting to the point where I'm going to be unplugging from like magic basketball thinking and, and all that stuff. We caught him like, well, we season had been over like five days, maybe. Um, and so kind of my question to you, Jake, is that, have you done that? Have you kind of unplugged? You've obviously got a lot going on in general, but have you kind of taken a step away or have you been just still thinking about magic basketball, watching basketball, all that? I have. It's been it's been a little bit different because of everything I said. And then also, like, I had to move. So I'm, I'm paying two rents this summer mm. because I we had separate places. And then obviously mm. that wasn't going to be doable. So I moved in to my girlfriend's place the beginning mm. of April. So, like, the last week of the season was moving completely separate my parents and sister and brother-in-law and niece and nephew all visited because it was my niece's spring break that first week so the first two weeks of april were absolute blur and like you said like okay the season ends what the ninth or whatever um you get that first week where you kind of wrap up and everything and then basically the rest of april typically is you know you're, you're easing into the playoffs but you're making your plans and you're kind of stepping away mine has been kind of fast and furious so it's been Whereas I typically would watch just about every second of the postseason, I've I've caught the second halves of most of these games. I've been kind of sacrificing the first halves of a lot of the playoff games. Look, as far as we are concerned, there's not much more we can do. You know what I mean? Like we're waiting until the lottery, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, we always, you know, you, you always kind of do a little wrap up. And I like to sit there and just sort of go through and be like, okay, this is what I'm thinking heading into the offseason offseason needs and I, I don't really put it anywhere because I'm not you know I'm not a member of her basketball operation um but just sort of a, a kind of a mental recap and make sure you have everything filed away and then it is it, it, it's just watching postseason basketball and and there's a lot and I know you guys get into this you know you kind of think about how we fit in how do we match up with this team what's our you know you see the rotations shortened what's our seven eight guys going to look like can we go small against this team or big against this team? Um, so you kind of keep magic basketball in the back of your mind, I think, as you're consuming the postseason. Jake, I want to take you back to last year when at least we found out that you were going to be the play-by-play guy on the radio you know, for, for last season. Just kind of walk me through like that process, like you kind of putting your hat in the ring for that. Is, something that was, is that something that was in the works for a while? And then just kind of walk me through your emotions of like figuring, like finding out you were going to be the play-by-play guy moving forward. Yeah. So it, you know, it, when I came back, it was 2019 and that was just to be producer. And we were still, you know, it was the same product as it, as it was somewhat. Um, when I left in 2014, I was gone for five seasons. 
Um, you know, which was Dennis doing play by play. Richie used to be on the road and traveling, but he was just doing home games when I came back. Then the pandemic happened. And so basically what that happened or what happened after that was they stripped away the radio product for people who don't know. I know you guys do. Um, and we were simulcasting the television broadcast for two seasons. The first season was that pandemic year. And, you know, look, it, as as David and Jeff are there are two of my favorite people in the world for a multitude of reasons, but I love the fact that, you know, they both came to me and said, how can we make the television broadcast better for radio? I said, please don't worry about that. Like <laughs> you're going to ruin two broadcasts if you do that. <laughs> um, and David was probably the number one proponent within the organization. And I, I feel comfortable saying that I'm not sure if I should, um, but he really wanted us to get radio back because a, he wanted me to get an opportunity and B he knew that, you know, you need to have a radio broadcast. That's where he came from. And he appreciates how important it is. Um, but I wasn't sure at that point if I was ready and, and look, the bottom line was we had just let Dennis go. And that was, that was really rough. And so I think no matter what, once we made that move, it was going to have to be a few seasons, um, like that. You can't, you can't make a move like that and then just sort of, um, snap it back and then, you know, give somebody else an opportunity. So it sucked the way it went down. Um, I didn't know how it was going to shape up, shape out, um, shape up or shake out. But what I do know is that heading it towards the end of last season, after we got through year two of simulcasting, Dante and I were like, let's just put together a plan and see if see if they'll take it. Um, and at that point, people, I think, you know, the people that mattered um, had a sense that you know, we should probably figure out a way to to bring radio back. And I'm you know, it's I was fortuitous in that sense. It uh, Again, it sucked the way things happen in order to get there. But the bottom line is throughout my career, I've. Like when I started, you know, in radio, these were seven, eight different jobs. Everybody, there's an engineer and a producer and a host and an analyst and a play-by-play guy. And now I basically do all of them. And that's not unique to the Orlando Magic. That's unique to, um, that's that's basically just the way that the radio and broadcasting business has gone over the last 10, 15 years. So kids wear a lot of hats, if at all possible. Um, with all that said, like, you know, once we got approval for it, it was, Oh my God, it's a dream come true and let's get to work. And so it took me, it was almost like the team, like it took me about 25 games to find my footing. I think, you know, like it was, I, I had a five and 20 start on the radio as well. Um, but the, <laughs> the Jalen, the Jalen game winner, dude, in Chicago, that it is, it's, it's almost like that, play, that like, call was incredible, man. It was the I first was... time I felt like I, I met the moment, you know, right. And then and then all of a sudden you feel, OK, like, let's just let's just make sure we're there and we're prepped up and we're ready to go because you never know. I, and, and I caught myself a few nights heading into the arena and going, this is going to be the crappiest game. And of course, <laughs> those are always the best games. Those are always the ones where, you know, it's it, it's a game winner or something like that. So you always got to be ready. I was Did driving you- home. We had a watch. Sorry, Luke. We had a watch party that night in downtown Orlando. And I'm driving home after the game, and you know I like to listen to the the post game you know conferences on the the radio, and they replayed your call from that, and I was just like, man, like what an incredible call from Jake. And then either the next day or like a couple of days later, I was able to take your audio and like stitch it together with the video from that, and it was just like, man, what a like for your first season and that for be like your first like major call, like what a call, man. Thanks, I appreciate it, and it's different. It, it- it was tricky, and I appreciate you doing that, too. That was dope, um, just kind of getting it out there a little bit. Um, it's tricky because we're doing them remotely. And so I'm hoping the next step, as we kind of build back to 
to where it used to be is to get me out on the road. Like it's going to be tough with the baby girl at home. Um, it's, <laughs> I don't know if the timing is perfect in that regard, but you can't really manufacture the, the intensity and, and, and the feel and the atmosphere of an arena as much as we try. Um, and so I think that's, I think that's the next step. And hopefully, hopefully it'll sound even better if I'm, uh, if I'm out there on the road. Did you, in preparation, Jake, for the job, you find out you're getting it, and then leading up to that point, was there any play-by-play radio personality that that you ever, you know, looked back on and said, you know, I, I'd like to emulate this from his, you know, from his game, essentially, from his calls, and and this from. Did you kind of, you know, pick and choose here and there, or was there a guy that might have stuck out to you when you were kind of figuring out what to do there with play-by-play? It's a good question because because I've done it for so long now and I did it in, in Detroit for a while as well with Mark mm-hmm. champion. Um, I realized when I started hosting pre and post that I, that I was just Scott Inez like junior, like I was just, <laughs> just repeating all the stuff I had heard him say after, after producing his broadcast for five years. Cause it is, it's like osmosis. You don't really realize it. You spent all this time sitting in a studio with a guy and all of a sudden you, you know, and you're, and I'm 25 at that point. So all of a sudden I turn into to, to him basically. And so once I, and that was when I was in Detroit, I was like, Oh my God, I'm just doing Scott. Um, once I started kind of going back and and kind of coaching myself, um, you want to make sure you know that no matter what you're going to sound like either the people that you worked for and with um, or the people that you grew up listening to. And it's always going to sound that way. So I grew up listening to Joe Tate in Cleveland. Mm. he's an all-timer he's he has this very actually tim elkhorn the guy who um replaced him um or actually replaced john michael when john michael moved to television he sounds a lot like him it's this kind of nasal you know flat old-time radio uh darty into the lane kicks it out the prize for three and that's good and it's just like this the way we all grew up listening to it um and so he was like my that's the you know when i got the job and i talked to my dad i was like you know, this all started sitting in a smoky Honda Accord, listening to Joe Tate, you know, like call the Lenny Wilkins era calves. Um, so that was that was that. And then there was there's, you know, Dennis. I, I, I produced so many Dennis Newman broadcasts over the years that a lot of uh, a lot of times I'll just you know, you can't really script it out. And so a lot of times it's just like whatever comes up, comes out. And uh, sometimes it sounds like Dennis Newman. So hopefully. But you don't want to. You want it to, it to be your own. So. Um, I try to make sure I'm prepped up and, and just ready to say something original, uh, if at all possible. There's there. The reason I bring that up too, is because I was hoping it could segue into this. And I I think it does. I, I feel like everybody probably has either a collective memory or, or something of that sort when it comes to a play by play call. And I think for me, it was Oh six, uh, when the Gators, Mick Hubert was on the call, and Mick Hubert, I'm in my car with my mom, who's a huge Gator fan. And the Gators, Jarvis Moss blocks a field goal. Um, South Carolina definitely in range to win the game. Gators blocked the field goal. I remember that call. Like, I remember that just that moment and being in the car and thinking, like, that's my fondest memory of a play-by-play call in a car. Do you have one of those? You kind of recounted, you know, just specific announcers with Cleveland and and what it might be. But But do you have any specific <sighs> plays or games that stand out to you at all? Boy, that's a good one. The one of the first times I ever did play by play, I was working for the Pistons, and this is in '16. It was right after the Cavs won the championship. Uh, the following season, the 
Indians at the time were in the World Series. And I'm and they're in game seven of the World Series. And I grew up, I mean, baseball was my first love. Like I loved the Cleveland Indians when they lost in 95 and 97. It wrecked me. And then in 16, I'm calling play by play, like the second NBA play by play game I've ever done in Brooklyn with Rick Mahorn to my left. I don't know. I hope I didn't tell you guys a story last time. No. Rick Mahorn to my left. And game seven of the Indians World Series against the Cubs on a monitor to my right. And we're losing the whole damn game. And Mahorn's messing with me the whole time, just freaking needling me. And then we ended up tying it up. But the, <laughs> the Pistons lost. The, the Nets scored 71 in the first half on us. And you and the whole way from the airport, uh, from the arena to the airport, I'm listening to like the ninth inning of the World Series Game 7 Indians-Cubs on a silent bus with Marcus Morris sitting across from me. And I'm like, you know, yeah, yeah, getting all stoked, but I can't because we just got smoked by the crappy nets at the time. And they put 71 on us in the first half. Um, And so, and then we ended up losing in extra for, there was the rain delay. We ended up losing in extra innings while I was flying uh, in the air. So I didn't get to hear the end of that world series. So that was a unique experience as far as how I consumed game seven while I was doing play by play. The calls that really stick out to me, I remember driving around in my car. I don't know if you guys remember when the Browns and Jaguars had this regular season game that was um, that we ended up forfeiting. It's called Bottlegate because it's a bad call and Browns fans threw bottles onto the field and pelted the referees with them. And it's why it's it's basically why you can't get a cap on on your on your beer bottles anymore in Cleveland. And I just remember driving around and hearing. Um, uh, Jim Donovan at the time, the voice of the Browns say, you know, just what a, what a dark day it was in, in Cleveland sports history. And there's been a lot of those. So uh, that's one that jumps out in my mind, but I, but we don't have, I grew up in Cleveland. So it's not like I have, you know, the Indians won the pennant, the Indians won the pennant because we don't win. <laughs> oh man. Well, let's switch gears a little bit back to the magic, maybe a little uh, more lighthearted here. Jake, what, what would you say was like your, like the experience your first year, like calling, like, the magic games. It was, uh, it's a blast, man. I mean, it was, it was a lot of work obviously at first and then it kind of like clicked in. Um, and so once you started to get a rhythm and I started to kind of make it my own and feel like I was really putting my imprint on it, it, it was everything that I always thought it would be. But at first it was a lot, you know, and it was very, very stressful um so but that's good like i think if you're not challenged with with whatever you're doing professionally then um you're screwing up it really helped and this goes back to what i was saying like you know i kind of felt like i started five and 20 on the radio because it's hard calling those games man and so i started to feel like i caught a little stride once the team did too now the atmosphere in the arena is is a little bit more happening it's kind of rising you up on nights it might be a little bit flat um it's hard it's hard not to get jacked when when you're feeling that um that kind of internal pressure within the arena rise so i think i i think one of the um one of the more underappreciated aspects of the whole thing is that we finally have something to really get excited about and so i just feel like i'm kind of starting at the right time my first year doing full-time play-by-play paulo bancaro's first year as a pro and it's not bad it's not a, it's not a bad time to get in you have a favorite call aside from probably Jalen Suggs is probably your favorite call, but maybe not favorite call, but favorite game just as a whole in its entirety to, to broadcast. Oh man. The, um, the Knicks game, um, 
that uh, with Dennis, with Dennis Scott, when the night we inducted Dennis Scott. And I'm, I'm trying to think because my favorite part of that was like I got Dennis on in the third quarter and I'm sitting there. And that was when actually when the Knicks were making their run. Um, but that building was starting because the Knicks fans, I mean, we y'all got to admit, like they show out and they're loud and it, it it doesn't matter how good a game it is. It's loud and it feels like if it, it, it's a good atmosphere no matter what. Um, so that one stuck out because I was sitting there interviewing Dennis. I had never even met him before. And then I thought it felt like it went really well and I got good feedback on it. But meanwhile, like I'm talking to Dennis Scott and doing this interview that I prepped for, you know, an hour during the day for make sure I had everything I wanted to talk to him about. But of course the game's happening in front of me. So it was just one of those things where it's like, and you know, not only is the game happening in front of me, but it's a good game and it's starting to heat up. Um, I felt like I had just everything thrown at me at once and I felt like I handled it well. So that one sticks out. And then I think probably just like, you know, and this has nothing to do with me broadcasting. I mean, and, and even though the result wasn't what we wanted, I mean, that Cavs game felt like something something real at the end of the year. You know, we came up short, but like, boy, we fought and we came up short to a super superstar player going supernova on us. And that moment, and I know we've all talked about it, but that moment at the end with Markel and Wendell and you could see him, what it meant, that that made it, it – I think it convinced all of us that we're headed in the right direction. And then we got the right uh, core of guys, at least in place right now. That's actually another thing that we wanted to ask you. Like you're getting into this at like the perfect time, you know, Paolo Bancaro's rookie year, but just kind of seemingly like a really bright future. Like this team should be really fun and really good. Like in the, the short and long term. how exciting is that for you? You know, it's funny. John, because I was thinking about it, watching the postseason, excuse me, especially with the Western Conference, like, okay, a month ago, Memphis was on top of the world. <laughs> That's like that, that thing, where is that caught? Four months ago, Dallas, everything was good. Like, where is that thing going? Um, Minnesota, at the very least, I don't think expected it to look like this. Um, they put all their chips in. I don't know if, if, if in the context of that was I was thinking about like five year outlooks in the Western Conference. Like who 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 do you want to be in five years in the Western Conference? Even teams on top right now. What's Golden State and the Lakers going to look like in five years? Um, you know, Oklahoma City might have the best five year outlook in the Western Conference. The Clippers. What's their five year outlook look like? Anyways, um, with us, I mean, it's it's kind of the same thing. Like you just not only do we have a young group of guys all 25 or, or under mostly under 25 um they're good guys it's good they're good for content right like they're interesting i think there's you know there's something to be said for you know we got one guy from germany and we got one guy who was the top pick and then had all these injury issues and had to get out of philly and kind of revitalize his career. I mean, we've got good stories. We got one guy whose dad is a hell of a broadcaster and, you know, could do a podcast right now. And we all would be subscribers. He's like the best interview in the NBA is our six man. We've got a lot of really, and then that doesn't even get into guys like Jonathan Isaac, who, you know, obviously there's a whole lot of um, content there and, and a very, very interesting story. Guy willing when he gets back on the floor. Um, so I, I just think it's, it's, to be somebody who talks about them and to, to kind of be a guy who gets to be a fly on the wall and be a witness to what this could be. It's uh it's special, but that's the, 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 you know, 
just broadcasting winning basketball games is obviously like the goal and what we all want. But you want them to be interesting guys. You want them to be good interviews and you want to have fun along the way. And I think we got a nice, nice balance of all of that right now. Jake, the one thing I was thinking about, you're talking about, you know, you, you look at these teams in the Western Conference and and who's going to be at the top and where are the Magic going to fall in the Eastern Conference. You you start to look at this and I start to think of storylines. We look at the postseason just already in the first you know, round and a half up to this point, and you see guys like Malik Monk really show out on on a big stage there in those first couple of games. Is there, there's always seems to be a guy that just was underrated and we didn't even know it, you know, on a national level. When the Magic are in the mix and in the playoffs, who do you think, who's your your money on for a guy that's going to get a lot of recognition on the biggest stage that maybe goes undervalued because of any other ordinary factor there throughout mm-hmm. the regular season? That's, a, that's another very good question. I think... I think the one guy, like I always like listening to coaches when they come in and who is it that they talk about that, you know, other other um, media members don't or might not get as much buzz. And Wendell is that guy like Wendell's always the guy that Dwayne Casey's like, I, I, I don't know why nobody talks about how good a young big Wendell Carter Jr. is or whoever um, he I think in especially in the playoffs when you're seeing guys get played off. Um, when, if you're going to be out there as a big, you better be able to space for a little bit. You see what Mitchell Robinson did in the Cavaliers. Um, I think, I think having Wendell in place is really, really important to just about everything else. A, because how many different guys have we tried to be (laughs) at that spot, right? Like it's hard to find good young bigs, no matter what. Um, B, I think he's just scratching the surface. I think what we've done with him the last, what two seasons and change now is that sort of development curve. You think about the beginning of the year when the guards were out and the ball was in Paula's and Franz's hands, and we knew it probably wasn't good for winning games tonight, but it was going to be good long-term for their development. And then think about last year, like, yeah, lost season, whatever, whatever. We were running the offense through Wendell's through Wendell at the elbow quite a bit in the second half of last season. And now that's just, you know, another little sort of wrinkle you can throw into the offense. I think Wendell is very skilled and varied uh, as far as his skill set goes. And then I think, you know, in the postseason, you need a big who you need, you need the beef down on the block, but you need somebody who can step out and at the very least keep defenses honest. And I think you have that in Dell. Um, so I could see him and partly because he's so quiet and he's just not a big high profile type guy. Um, I could see him being one of those, you know, having a series like Mitchell Robinson did in round one. Yeah. And Jonathan, do you, I, I just want to bounce it because you and I haven't even talked about that. It was something that's just been on my mind really the last like week or so, just thinking about it and waiting to for the time to to bring it up. Do you kind of agree with the sentiment of Jake as Wendell, the guy that you think is there's no wrong answer? And quite frankly, there's a lot of guys on this roster that that could be those type of players that get the attention. When we sit and we talk about the guys that are nationally underrated, and then once they get that kind of national spotlight, people are going to realize they're so much better than they thought. You can start like at the top of the roster and just go down the list for me. I feel like we have so many guys who are criminally underrated, but for me, it's Jalen Suggs, man. Just seeing mm-hmm. Jalen, every time that that kid is put in like a position to make big plays, he comes up for you every single time. Jake, you saw it, the Chicago game. We saw it in multiple games this year. The The Golden State game comes to mind. It's like uh, even the Cavs game, you know, he's making plays, trying his best against Donovan Mitchell. He's just 
kind of unbelievable in that moment. But yeah, for me, it's it sucks. And I, I think to add to mine, mine is it's interesting. We've all got three different people, which is why I said there's no wrong answer. The one that's been on my mind is definitely Markel Fultz. I think you you think about him and the way that he affects winning at such a high level and down the stretch is when he comes alive. There were so many times where the magic had no problem deferring to Markel down the stretch. He was getting big offensive boards. He was making tough mid-range jumpers near the end of the year, stepping into his three-point shot like we've not seen before up to that point. I think Markel for me is that guy, and I, I think that just kind of shows how exciting Truly, and puts in perspective, this young team is able to make noise in the postseason. These guys believe it, and I, I, that's why, yeah, Markel, Jalen, Wendell, there's a lot of guys that, that you could say are up for that. Jake, last thing I want to ask you here, as we're moving into really lottery season, you know, the Magic are projected to have two lottery picks as long as everything kind of goes chalk. Let's say you're the you're Jeff Weltman, right? Like, What is your philosophy heading into this draft specifically? <clears throat> improve my team the most that's it thanks <laughs> um no i don't this one's going to be really interesting because you know the beauty of it is that we have all of our chips right and so you've got the flexibility you're gonna likely have two lottery picks um you know may 16th we'll find out exactly how this is all going to shape up we need shooting i don't think you know i don't think i'm going to blow the door off um by saying that i don't think we need to get significantly younger right like we that doesn't mean we need to trade our picks i keep on hearing people say oh you package two picks you move up like this isn't the nfl draft it does it that very rarely happens um that the seventh sixth and seventh pick are worth the third pick or whatever there's no jimmy johnson chart people fall in love with players and and the third pick in the draft is generally way 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 more valuable than the seventh eighth and ninth pick put together um so i think it's i think there's there's something to be said for for solidifying consolidating a little bit um maybe that means you're you know you're moving a future pick um for a veteran of some sort or maybe that means you know you're getting involved in in a sign trade or whatever you you've got so many different options i think no matter what i think you're going to want it, basically the only hole right now in quote unquote is the two guard spot, right? Like we don't know what Gary's future is long-term. I wouldn't assume long, long-term it's here. Jalen is probably going to be your starting two guard next year, but then that leaves you a little bit thin on the bench. And look, Jalen has been really good, but he hasn't been very, very available. He's played about 50 games each season. And he took a big jump last year as far as his percentages went. And he's still a little below where we want him to be. I mean, his rookie season, the numbers stunk, quite frankly, offensively, which was actually all in all okay because of how good he is on the other end. Um, now we've taken a lot of that pressure off him offensively. So I do expect it, Jonathan, just like you were saying, him to um, to make a big jump next year. But I think you're heading the offseason going, okay, playoffs are bust next year. Like, I think we're all sort of, you know, I don't know if we're, we'll be making banners that say that. I don't know if we want to put that level of expectation. But, like, I think that's pretty much where everybody is. Paulo said it, and we're all on board. If you don't if you don't make the postseason, um, something's wrong. I think you want to obviously build around your, your one and two. Like, we know we've got two guys at the forward spots who can get to the bucket and almost undeniably – and they're great players. And so now you need shooting. You need three and D guys. I wouldn't mind another creator. I think 
you know, as as much as Jalen and Cole can accentuate what Markel does, we we need to pass better. We need to to facilitate more. Um, so I think, and you know, those guys are going to be spot up shooters a lot within the offense. So I wouldn't mind having a secondary playmaker. Um, but I think it's basically we need three and D guys. We probably need a backup big. Um, and we have the flexibility to be able to go get somebody good, maybe, you know, like that's that's a possibility. Um, I think there's you know, the way the playoffs shake out, you never quite know who yells at somebody the wrong way or what kind of a, a fight in the locker room happens, and now this guy's unhappy and you get a trade request. So um it's never a bad idea to keep your chips and go uh and go big game hunting at some point, but I'm not sure if we're quite at that point just yet. Let's say, you know, this all happens. This all comes to fruition, right? You add the things that you're talking about, a three and D guy, uh, but specifically a guy that is just there to shoot threes, like a, a Seth Curry, someone you can probably overpay for in the short, in the short term and make this team, you know, even better next year. What is your hope? I know you said postseason, but like Markel Fultz tweeted early on last year, four seed before the season started, he said four seed. Do you have a seed in mind that you'd say this is a successful season if you are this seed? Well, yeah, I mean, I think if you no matter what, if you're if you're locked into a first round series, I think that's a successful season based on, you know, relative to where we are right now. Um well, I feel like we're going to get into the Giannis, who is the season of failure conversation. That was a <laughs> uh that was actually pretty good stuff. Um uh, yeah, I think, but but I will say this, like, okay, you know, let's go through it. Atlanta is probably not going anywhere. Cavs ain't going nowhere. Um, you know, is Chicago going to blow it up? I don't know. Is Toronto going to be better? Probably. And then maybe Brooklyn drops off, but like Philly, Boston, like none of those teams are going anywhere. So it's still, I think your top four or five are probably set Miami. Um, so I think six, seven, eight is a nice range to shoot for and, Look, I, I fully believe if you come out of the gate healthy, <laughs> healthy, um, and and you don't, and, you know, there's no unforeseen circumstances and there isn't some random 5-20 and 20 start or, you know, 2-10, and 10, um, you'll be in the mix all season, like top eight, top nine in the conference, I think. Um, I think we're at that point, and I think, you know, as long as, as long as we keep building and, and this offseason goes um goes a, according to, to I think how I expect it to. Yeah, I think that's that's reasonable. Seven, eight seed probably. Being healthy seems like a, a lot to ask for, Jake, but hopefully our, our luck is about to change. You are about to welcome in hopefully a, a good luck charm in the next couple of weeks here and hopefully bring us some some lottery luck coming up on, on May 16th. But Jake, thanks for taking the time, man. Always a blast to talk to you. Looking forward to more calls next season, regular season, postseason games as well. Uh, Jake Chapman, if you want to just let everyone know one last time where they can find you here. Yeah, it's uh, on Twitter at Jake Chapman OM, as in Orlando Magic. And uh, yeah, that's it. Thanks, Always boys. I appreciate Jake. it. That was our conversation with Jake Chapman. A big thank you to Jake for taking the time out during this incredibly busy and hectic part of his life right now. Again, wishing all the best to Jake to the baby, to mom, all that good stuff, hoping for a great delivery. And again, thanks, Jake, for joining the show. Always a pleasure, Luke. So happy for that guy getting to live out his dream on a nightly basis as the play-by-play guy for the Magic.
Yeah, man. Yeah, just it's always fun to talk to people that are within the organization who have a you know have a voice in the organization. Those that are just kind of night in night out, getting people through what we don't even know is you know dark times or whatever it might be. You hear a lot of that when it comes to people like that, where like you can because you can rely on them. I know that on this night, on this night, you know, I'm going to be able to hear these guys talk and do their thing. And just really great to get to talk with Jake and kind of get even more of a peek behind the curtain into his story and learning more about him and, you know, make people even more invested when it comes to play by play on the radio with him. Yeah, Jake does a great job. Know he's going to do an even better job in season two and looking forward to hearing him call some playoff games next season, Luke. Now let's pivot. Let's jump into Tankathon before we wrap up the episode here. So if you're new to the show, now that we are getting closer to the NBA Draft Lottery, as you all are listening, we have just 12 days until the NBA Draft Lottery. The Magic currently have the sixth best odds in the lottery. They have a 37.2% chance of ending up in the top four. They have a 9% chance of ending up in the number one spot overall um, as a Another ripple effect of that 2021 trade with the Chicago Bulls. The Magic own the Chicago Bulls pick this year. However, it is top four protected. So if the Chicago Bulls end up jumping into the top four, that pick would not convey to the Magic. It would become a top one through three uh, protected pick next year. And then if it doesn't convey next year either, then it turns into two future second round picks, I believe. So Right now, the Bulls have an 8.5% chance of ending up in the top four. So the Magic have a 91.5% chance of keeping that pick. And the Bulls have a 1.8% chance of ending up in the number one overall pick. Uh, we go through tankathon.com, which is like an online NBA draft lottery simulator. If you're going to share your results on social media, you only get to run it once. You have to share your results. This week, we're going to do things a little bit differently. Usually, I just sim the lottery. And I tell Luke the Magic got one in 11 or whatever. This week, I'm going to do my best Mark Tatum impression. And we're going to start at 14 and kind of go through that and oh, let yeah. the buildup start for uh, for old Lukey here. Let's go. And we'll go ahead and sim the lottery. The 14th pick in the 2023 NBA draft goes to the New Orleans Pelicans. At 13, mm. the Toronto Raptors. At 12, the Oklahoma City Thunder. At 11... The Chicago Bulls. Nice. The 10th pick in the 2023 NBA draft will go to the Dallas Mavericks. Hmm. The 9th pick will go to the Utah Jazz. The 8th pick will go to the Washington Wizards. The 7th pick will go to the Indiana Pacers. And with the 6th pick in the 2023 NBA draft, the Charlotte Hornets. Whoa, with the 5th pick, Let's go. the Detroit Pistons. Hmm. The 4th pick in the NBA draft will go to the... San Antonio Spurs. The third pick will go to the Houston Rockets. Oh, my The second gosh. pick will go to the Portland Trailblazers, which means the number one overall pick in the 2023 NBA draft again goes to the Orlando Magic. Let's go. There's no way, bro. Oh, Isn't that crazy? That is nuts. That's like the third or fourth time it's happened on the show. <laughs> wow. I really thought that it was going to go chalk there. Isn't that wild? That is so crazy. And the first I don't time know if any... you saw my eyes light up like as soon as I saw it, because I saw it instantly. 
Well, I, I tried was, my best to like throw you off as we were going through that. But, right. Man. I just threw my hat across the room. I apologized for my hair and I was fist pumping. Listen, that was a lot better for me. It was a great experience. I hope our listeners I'm got glad. the same one. That was just, I hope wow. so. That was great. You can't script it any better, literally. That was awesome. Nobody was moving up. show like that. Nobody, nobody was moving up until the magic. Because I was, you were reading them off and I was on Tankathon looking at the order. And I was like, oh, yeah, just not. Portland. Portland jumped from uh, five to two and the magic jumped from six to one. <laughs> Imagine. And we Electric. jumped from six to midnight. That's right. Exactly. That's exactly right. <laughs> You're right about that. You're right about that. All right. I think that's going to do it. But folks, don't forget coming up on May 16th at seven o'clock, our draft lottery watch party with the Orlando Magic and the Michelob Ultra and Michelob Ultra, not the Michelob. Well, it is the Michelob Ultra, I suppose. But we're going to be at Wall Street Plaza hanging out, having a great time. We're getting pretty close to 500 RSVPs. We had 111 all of last year, and we're, we're already past four times that. So if you were at the draft lottery watch party last year, think of that like times four potentially. That's last year was kind of weird. Like you usually don't get more attendees than you get RSVPs. No. But if we do again this year, like we're looking at it's going to be a thick event. Thick. Really looking forward to it. Real thick. All right, folks, for Luke Sylvia, this has been Jonathan Osborne. You all have been listening to the Six Man Show, and we will catch you guys next time. See ya. Thanks for listening to the Sixth Man Show. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes and Spotify to get new episodes downloaded directly to your phone. If you enjoyed the show, please take a minute to give us a five star rating and a review. It helps out the show a lot. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Six Man Show. We'll catch you guys next time. Go Magic! Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.